a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X race review of Salt Lake City Supercross. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. We're going to break down Salt Lake City. Second to last round of the uh, 450 Supercross Series. Day race also. Uh, lots to talk about when it comes to this race, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, to doing just that. Thanks to Fly Racing for making this happen. Fly Racing, the official gear of Blake Baggett, who ran second for most of the race before ending up third on the podium. Weston Pike, who won a heat race. He wears Fly Racing. Uh, Justin Brayton wears Fly Racing. And, of course, this weekend in Vegas, Zach Osborne also wearing Fly Racing. Fly Racing, bro, best gear out there. Please check them out on the web. Uh, all Lots of different colors, lots of different gear styles. Helmets, too. They made their name on helmets. They're very proud of their F2 carbon with MIPS. So please check that out. Uh, we thank flyracing.com for making it happen. And uh, if you're in the market for some gear, please check them out. And also to Alpine Stars, whether it's the Tech 10, which is the benchmark boot and moto, the A4 chest protector, uh, which goes underneath or over top of you and, and helps you protect, or whether it's a Tech 7 boot, which is the boot of choice for moi when I ride, Alpine Star protects. Please check them out, alpinestars.com, uh, whether it's Supercross, Motocross, MXGP, GNCC, or anything else, Alpine Star protects. And of course, Max's tires, new tire developed by Jeremy McGrath. Remember him? MXST tire is coming out soon, and uh, we'll be giving those away at some point on this show, uh, telling you how to do that. Uh, Maxxis.com, whether it's your truck, trailer, mountain bike, ATV, UTV, much more, Maxxis tires let you hook up, pull the whole shot, and beat your competition in any terrain or conditions. Thanks to those companies for making this show happen, and thanks to you people for listening. Uh, get this on uh, Stitcher, get this on uh, PulpMX.com, RacerX, anywhere you get podcasts from. Please check out our other shows also, uh, the PulpMX Show and, and Fly Racing Moto 60, just to name a few. With me on the line from FlyRacing.com, man's won Montreal Supercross, he's won a German Supercross, he's won a lot of LCQs, he's won some semi-races, I'm sure. Jason Thomas, what's up, JT? That was the longest intro I've ever heard in my life. I mean, it's great. Yep. Well, yep. You know? We'll spend a lot of money to be a part of mm-hmm. you know, the Max family. Mm-hmm. Holy cow, that was a long intro. I'm trying to sell things, products. Just trying to pump yeah, people up. I, I'm all, I'm all in. You, you know me, and you know where my interests lie, and I'm all in. Yeah, right. But, holy cow, that's a lot of talking. Um, have you ever won a semi? I assumed you had, I, but as I yeah, was saying I, that, I, yes, as I was saying that, I could not remember any, but I'm sure you did. Um, I have won a few. The I know. Uh, St. Louis 2002 jumps out immediately, so at least one, but okay. I know I've won a few. Okay. All right. Also on the line, uh, the voice of motocross coming up this summer. Voice of Flat Track with Ralph Shaheen. 
the Jason Wygant. Yeah. What's up? Get the show moving, my God, JT's not kidding around. Plus, there was 10 minutes of banter between you two before you hit record, as always. <laughs> is, is bantering mean arguing, though? <laughs> hey, does, has anyone ever seen you two agree on something? No. More and be really good friends than me and Steve in history. <laughs> it, it's quite shocking. Like, I keep waiting for the day that it actually matters, but nope, it just bounces off you guys. You just argue, you no, completely disagree on a really point, and... And you're just back again the next day. Everything's fine. Well, for me, it's I, I can disagree with Steve, and I, but I know he's such a good person. I know what you know his real values are and what he does for people. So even if I disagree with him vehemently, I'm okay with it. Like I just move on. And I'm right all the time, so it doesn't matter to me because I know I'm right. Like none yeah, of it. There, there you go. None of it matters. Like whatever. Right. You know, I'm right, and that's it. Like it's <laughs> like the sun coming up tomorrow. You know, Fair enough. The, the only problem I have is I haven't done a good enough job to prove my point. That's the that's the way I look at it. All right. Um, I'm just glad Swiss score and we side with me in this particular one. That's it. Um, okay. Salt Lake City, I was not there. Weege, you were not there. JT, you were there. You you just want it. You want it bad enough. We don't. Um, I'll carry. I'll carry the team as usual. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, let's talk about the track though first. Like. Look, JT, you've raced this stuff, and uh, it reminds me a lot. Uh, the track reminded me a little bit of Glen Helen on, late on a Thursday, um, which isn't fun for anybody. And it's you know it's dusty. It got dusty fast. It was muddy in the morning, and so like I said, it wasn't great racing as far as that goes, and it's not great soil. But I'm perfectly fine with it. Like these guys should have to ride everything. Uh, what did you think of the way the track prep was and the dirt itself? Well, I think they were up they were up against a really difficult scenario and to be honest they'll be up against it this upcoming weekend in Vegas as well. Uh but when you're dealing with unseasonably warm temperatures, you know, we were into the 80s on Saturday which, you know, for Salt Lake in in April, that could be I mean, we've raced in snow and rain and all kinds of stuff in April at Salt Lake and uh I'm you know I'm, I have a similar climate and it's back the high was like 60 today so it was an unseasonably warm day for Salt Lake and then you add in you know steady and I'm going to say steady 20 to 30 mile an hour winds inside the stadium because you get this vortex effect going on in there and I don't think they really had much that they could do mm-hmm. uh, it was so windy and so hot that I don't think they could keep any moisture in the track so I don't really put a lot of blame onto, uh, you know, Dirtworks or Feld onto this. I just think it was one of those situations where, man, you, you expect it to be, you know, if you look at a farmer's almanac, you expect it to be 65 and, and sunny or possibly, you know, maybe even rainy. Uh, but when you get, you know, low to mid 80s and, and 20 to 30 mile an hour, mile an hour winds, yeah, you're going to get dust. That's just how it's going to go. What so, uh, over oh, over under fifty? The number of riders that com- were complained complaining to you about the dirt. I mean, everybody was complaining, and for good reason. Yeah. I don't think that they should be blamed either. Like that, you should definitely be able to blame because it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. The conditions were were bad. There's no way to get around that. But I don't think that it was anything that anyone could do anything about either. You know, I just yeah, think yeah, it was yeah. things where the the wind whipped up, and and the wind was really the problem. The wind whipped up out of kind of out of nowhere because I was I was on top of the weather pretty closely as well and I didn't hear anything about wind you know but then if you walk down and I'm actually watching the race at this moment you can see the wind whipping through people's jerseys on the starting line yeah. you know it was yeah. uh, 
it was much more uh, detrimental to the track than I think anyone expected. Yeah, and it didn't make for great racing on TV. But again, like I kind of said in the beginning, like I'm okay with different soils. Like, yeah, you know, hey, takes a little bit of different skill to ride that, you know. And uh, yeah, it's not fun, yeah. but uh, you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I didn't love it as a racer, and I think right. you even mentioned that that the riders probably wanted nothing to do with that, and they would never see your point of view. No, but I, I do think that in a, a you know world championship type series, yeah, let's throw let's throw lots of different variables in yeah. these guys to see who adapts the best. Sure. Yeah. Um, Weege, uh, just in case there was any doubt, so Jason Anderson goes down in the first turn, breaks a bunch of spokes. You know, over the years, people haven't been stoked with me saying that Anderson's riding a white KTM. People haven't been stoked with saying that, you know, uh, Anderson was helping Dungey in the title hunt last year by blowing Chad off the track on a Husky. But just to remove any doubt, everybody, who was pitching in when Anderson needed help with his bike? Just who was there for him was KTM. The, the yes, Marvin Dungey throwing the stand under the bike. While listening to the radio. Yes, Marvin. Help him, help him. Marvin's in second in the points, everybody. The other team, the orange team, is second. But the orange team steps up and helps the white team <laughs> when Anderson needs something. Yeah, I'm watching it right now, as a matter of fact. It, it's not no, a I got a stand for you. Here you go. I got a stand. It's help, not a great look. It's not a great look, but that's the way it is. But just, hey, Husky guys, leave me alone. I don't ever want to hear you ever say anything to me or to people that uh, I work for about how I, uh, you know, I keep going on about being a white KTM and KTM this and that. That's all. That's all. That, that's what we're saying. We're saying just own it. Yeah, like, just own we're it. We're not saying it's wrong. In fact, it's very impressive. They've pulled off what no other brand in the history of motocross has ever been able to pull off. They've made two successful brands. No one's ever been able to do this. How was that Kawasaki Suzuki 250F in 2005? <laughs> right. It was garbage. Right. So they've done a great job, but don't get on our case and say there's no connection that's totally these different companies. Yeah. Can you imagine someone watching this that doesn't know the ins and outs of this sport? They'd be like, why was there, why was there a KTM what, hey, helping? Hey, what if you're, you're in France, you're the biggest Muscan fan ever, you're pulling for him, Anderson's breaks a wheel, and you're like, yes, yes. Oh, oh, what, what's going on? <laughs> but hold on a second. If you guys have ever seen, if you guys have ever seen Days of Thunder, Okay. Okay, so the team owner for Russ Wheeler and Coltrick <laughs> and yep. last race at Daytona when they need help, Russ Wheeler, who the same it's the same owner, so same situation, they yep. go push his car to get it going. It's the same damn thing. So I, I get it. They there is a there's a precedent been set wouldn't by that, Days of Thunder. <laughs> wouldn't yep. that be more like wouldn't that be more like them helping Brock Tickle if he was riding? Than helping, helping the other uh, teammate. That's my, I, I feel like somebody on KTM was like, "That's my engine in that car, and that's who we're pushing." <laughs> okay, all right. I, listen, it's fine. Like whatever, whatever. It's not a great look, but just please, everyone, stop it. Just stop. No, I don't even care about the look. Yeah, I just yeah. Don't email us or call us or say, you, "Why do you guys say this? This is not true. It's not why KTM. It's two separate companies." Then don't do this because if we have to pretend we didn't just see that, right. now we're cheese ball. Yeah, pretty much. And, yeah. and, and let's not forget Weege, Andrew. And, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, we just definitely getting a text or email this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a, it was a little bizarre. I have, to, I have to admit, I know this, and we all know this, but to see how actively the KTM people just jumped in there. I'm like, oh, 
Oh, we're, we're no, it's fine. Hey, you, I get you know, it. I yeah, totally yeah, get yeah. it. It's totally fine. No, it is. It's but... the same company. Help each other out. I get it. But don't get mad at us when we say you are. That's all. Yeah, yeah. and and honestly, it's to be expected. If you if you're on the inside, you get it. Like it's yeah. to be expected. Like when when the you know Rocky Mountain KTM truck, and I, I don't even know it may have been BTO. It was actually BTO Sports at that point. Their semi truck burnt down at Unadilla. You know who the first people to get involved were KTM, and you know who the second people were Troy Lee KTM. So, and you know the third people were the Husky guys. So, yeah, it's it's awesome when you see that. But yeah, I, I get you guys' point is that when when you hear someone complaining about the fact that it's completely separate, it's like yeah, yeah, but it's really not. Yeah, yeah. But we've never had maybe this blatant of a. Of an obvious, right. of an obvious look, but uh, hey, that's okay. All right, look. Uh, so Anderson, uh, thank you actually for Anderson. I'm sure he's not, you know, really happy and stoked and everything, but uh, I still have no doubt, JT, that Anderson will take this title home. Uh, as a matter of fact, what is it? Thirteen? I, I should have looked. Uh, uh, Fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah. So um, I have no doubt Anderson will take this thing home, but uh, it makes Vegas a little more interesting. Uh, you know what? Honestly, selfishly, I love it because it gives me material to talk about and write about and all kinds of stuff because I don't know the last time, and, and I'm sure there are some statisticians, Weech probably knows this, the last time we had three titles up for grabs going into the last round. Maybe 2013 would have been that. Uh, but to have all three titles still up for grabs into the final round, is uh, that's, that's a rarity. So I'll take it. Well, it's kind of, you know, it's – it's it's a rarity because of the format changes, you know. That's all. Because we, the, the Vegas um, used to be a shootout yeah. and not count forever. I, Vegas yeah, didn't count I, forever, I so I agree. But I'll take it. Yeah, Having yeah. three titles up for grabs in one night, no yeah. matter what the scenario, still helps. Yeah. Still helps. You know, add suspense and add excitement and add intrigue. Yeah. And so I'm all in on it. If we see another Osborne-ish title change, that'll be amazing. Um, but you never know what's going to happen. I mean, yeah. first turn crashes. I mean, who? Ex- I would have bet a significant amount of money that Jason Anderson would be your clinched champion sitting here on Sunday. Yeah. And that's not how it went. You know, yeah. a first turn, it wasn't even really anything significant, but a foot peg through the spokes changed the whole, you know, outlook of this thing. Yeah. So, um, if uh, it's kind of hard to tell on TV, JT, but if Tomac doesn't crash. Does he win? Does he catch Marvin? Do we get to see some sort of battle, or what do you think? It would have been interesting. Um, you know, if you if you flash back to last year, you know, and, and it's a year apart, I get it. But if you flash back to Eli's ride last year at this rate, he was on such a different level from everyone on the track. Mm-hmm. It was so apparent that he was going to come and catch up and win the race. Like, I never had a doubt at any point that he was going to catch up from however far back he needed to come from last season this year was kind of the same scenario where it's like okay he's got a lot of work to do um you would expect him to start making up time here but he kind of wasn't doing it like he was catching up a little bit but he would make a mistake and then marvin would have a better lap and eli would have a better lap and uh so i i'm not sure you know I, i don't know it's possible it's definitely possible but i'm nowhere near convinced that that eli was going to win that race um the only thing I'm sure with that we got robbed of was a lot of suspense because yeah. I do think he would have gotten close enough to make it interesting. Mm-hmm. I just don't know mm-hmm. that he really – he just wasn't really separating himself. He was definitely great. He was at least the second place, you know, the second best guy. Uh, if you want to say he was the fastest, I, I'm not going to argue it. 
Well, uh, but for him to make up, you know, seven, eight seconds or yeah. more, I don't know. Marvin was re- was rock solid. He was really steady. It looked like Eli pulled out a new rhythm in the in the first lane, uh, but some time in the main at some point. He looked like he was doing something. Uh, yeah, he did it in practice as well. Okay. Yeah, they were bouncing around in practice too. Um, but, yeah, other than outside the whoops, which turned into get out of the rut ASAP as soon as you can, um, there wasn't a whole lot on the track to, to, to make – for Eli to push, you know, you on that kind of conditions, yeah. you, you push and you could end up down, which he did. So. Yeah, I just I didn't see him. He was he, I would uh, man. It's hard to, for me to sit here and say he was better than Marvin when Marvin won the race. But if you want to say he was a little better than Marvin, I won't disagree with that. Mm-hmm. But it was nothing where he's going to come from any position on the track and win the race to what like what we saw in twenty seven. Yeah. Um, it was just what to me. It was one of those nights where. And we 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 could have said this several times about Eli over his career. He put himself in a bad spot early. You know, he got caught up in traffic. Marvin didn't. Marvin was second right off the bat, and Marvin put himself in a better spot to win. And sometimes the fastest guy doesn't win because of all these outside variables. And and I think more than anything, it was a perfect example of that. Baggett got a podium. Craig uh, got fourth. Craig rode really well too. Weech. Um, you know, yeah, I think he really needed that man. Yeah. Um, just because of the tantrum that we mentioned last week when he threw it away, and this time it wasn't whole shot. You know, he started there and it was pretty much solid mm-hmm. uh, the whole time. So that was really good, man. I, I I have to figure he was bumming those first few 450 races were good for him. Then it was kind of a funk, and then you yeah. know how confidence works. So this yeah. has got to be a big boost for him. Although if you're Craig and Baggett, just to be clear that Eli's a better rider than you right now, he he goes by you. And then crashes, and then gets up and goes right by you again. Like, you know what I mean? Just in case you guys are like, "Yeah, man, I, yeah, feeling really good." Ah, uh, you got a ways to go. You know. I think. Uh, yeah, I mentioned the confidence thing. I think riders are pretty good at making sure that they don't leave the stadium thinking that. <laughs> sure. Right. Go ahead, JT. No, I yeah. I, it's funny to me. The more I watch Eli, and and there are a lot of subtle differences too. So I'm not going to say they're exactly the same. But there is so stop much it. Stop stew it. Don't inside of Eli. Stop it. There is. There's a lot of stew inside of Eli. Eli could go down as the fastest rider that has lost the most amount of races when he was the best guy. And I would stew is definitely that person. There, stew has lost more races as the best guy on the track than anyone in history. But Eli could approach it. I mean, if you look at the, he always has the fastest lap typically when he loses. And he's he has been the best guy at a lot of races that he's lost. Don't you stop! Don't you stop! Bring up Stu like that. I, I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying they they remind me of each other. Stu is, will always be Stu. There's there's no one's gonna ever replace him. But I see a lot of a lot of Stu and Eli. Sometimes <laughs> three years later, we're still talking about Stu on the podcast. <laughs> um, JT, what was the? Uh... Uh, look, we heard the news about Tickle and the water thing right before we, right before uh, Foxborough, um, or right before Minneapolis, I should say. Um, any more news on that from what KTM's going to do or anything uh, for outdoors? I didn't hear a word. I mean, I saw, you know, Brock's letter that he had crafted. For sure, that was, you know, there was a lot of legalese in there, and I don't think Brock had much. Uh, I don't no, think he, he had Brock had much to do with any of that letter. No, he released it as from his lawyer. The bottom of the letter right, says, yeah. Right. Yeah, um, but no, as for me, it seemed like KTM didn't want much to do with this, and that's that's just my opinion. I have no idea what 
what their official opinion is, but that's just the feeling I've gotten. Okay. I, yeah. At this point, I don't, I don't see a lot of recourse for Brock unless unless Feld feels like they want to step in, or Wada feels like they want to back down. Um, and I don't, I don't see a lot of positive here for Brock. I just don't think there's a lot of. I don't think he has a lot of leverage, really. No, yeah, nothing. I, I don't think he's in the right. I think he has a lot of reason to complain. But from everything I know about Wada and history and what I've seen from him in the, in the past, I don't, I don't look upon this positively for Brock. Weed, you you put out a tweet about it, and and as as did I too. Yeah, I mean JT's right. Nothing, nothing is going to change. But good on Brock for putting that out. Yeah, and I think there's two different arguments that are happening at the same time, and I want to clarify. None of us on this call, and really no one I've talked to in the pits, is saying that they don't want drug testing. And I don't think anyone's saying that if a rider is found guilty, they think they should be able to get away with it. That's not the complaint. The complaint that people are making is at least have a decent due process, at least communicate with us what to do, how this is supposed to work. And from what I hear, that's all FIM, not WADA. The idea that you fail a WADA test and WADA drops the hammer I think everybody accepts that and knows that. I don't even think there's a debate there. We've seen it in every other sport, too. That's just how it works. Brock's not wiggling out on that end. The letter was clearly aimed at the FIM and just the poor communication of mm-hmm. well, what am I even supposed to do? How long is this going to last? Why is this taking so long? Those, I think, are legitimate complaints. And I don't think, unfortunately, Brock's letter is going to accomplish anything. But it was cool to see him at least try. I don't think Brock's trying to change the WADA code or change the World Anti-Doping Administration Agency, whatever it's called, at all. I think he's just trying to get the better answers from the FIM, which Mm -hmm. everyone who's been in this situation, Stu, Clayson, whoever, this is the complaint every time. It's not just that I failed a drug test and why am I being penalized. That sucks for them. But the complaint is, I'm in the dark here. (laughs) Uh, So that's... His letter went straight to the heart of that. On a side note, I think I brought this up last week, but after Foxborough, Big James asked me, why aren't we in the media talking about this? And I looked at him with like one eye, like, are you serious? It's all we talked about all week. Like, it's all, it's all we're talking about. How- well, we did our podcast, <laughs> but I, I look, man, I'm, I'm going to say it straight up here. This is, this is a massive deal. So for me to just write a bunch of columns saying FIM sucks, FIM has to go, FIM's garbage, get rid of the FIM, I mean, you can argue that they are, are they the most powerful group in motorcycle racing around the world? Kind of are, right? So I think everybody does check themselves a little bit. Mm, I don't know. I, I wrote it. I said it. <laughs> yeah. Steve Mathis does not care. That's We're putting that on the tombstone. I mean, sure. it's true, though. It. The, I, I believe the only reason that FIM is in the sport because Feld keeps renewing with them is so somebody else doesn't start a World Supercross round. You pay FIM, right? You pay them money. You say, hey, I want to use your sanctioning. So you give them a bunch of money. And if, if Feld said, uh, hey, we don't want your, your WADA, we don't want WADA, what about this WADA? Um, we, we don't want this. We don't want to pay your fees. We know more profit in our jeans for us if we don't use you guys. Somebody else will go to FIM, give them a bunch of money, and now call themselves the World Supercross Rounds, and everybody in Feld will get their noses, noses out of joint that there's a World Supercross Round. Now, we all know the American Supercross Series would be the prestigious one and be the one that counts and everything else, but there will be some guy, maybe Giuseppe, maybe Eric Pernard, maybe, you know, Davey, I don't know, they will have a World Supercross Rounds because they pay FIM a bunch of money. 
that's my opinion on why we have it still. So yeah, yeah, um, you might be right. I mean, I can't come up with many other reasons why. Yeah. I mean, we know why this came about. We're not going to get yeah. back to this again. But this was because AMA tried to run in their own series, so they said, "Well, we'll just be an FIM series, which makes us just as legit even without you." Yeah. yeah but no. that war is literally. 16 years ago, so yeah. they don't need it to win that part of the argument any longer. No. Anyways, let's let's talk Salt Lake, right? I mean, we, we're getting off track here. Um, well, no, I do feel like yeah. – I'm going to agree with Big James. Uh, I don't feel like people unloaded both barrels. We did on a podcast here and there, but uh, I think we could do more on this. But, um, again, I think we are in the dark. We don't even know, as Coy Gibbs says, what's the flow chart? What's the power structure? We don't even know why things are the way they are. So if you want to be accurate – with your rants and you want to point fingers in the right direction, uh, it's very difficult to do that. All I know is when Alden told us that someone from the FIM gave him a little bit of help and then said, don't use my name, that gave me, that gave me pause for, you know, food for thought, where I'm like, oh, really? Oh, wow, this is interesting. Um, okay, uh, JT, Weston Pike, where's Fly Racing and want a heat? Not a coincidence, probably, in your eyes. Um, just a bad start in the main? <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, he got caught up in that whole Anderson deal. Yep. So, yeah, it kind of killed his chances, but uh, I don't think he did himself any favors with, <laughs> with Dean Wilson. They uh, he they got together. Dean went down. I mean, it was – I have the, the pass on video. It was pretty aggressive, no doubt. Um, I could understand Dean saying it's dirty and a takeout, and uh-huh. I can't argue any of that. So <laughs> so did this hold him up? Are you saying this held him up also besides the bad start? No, no, oh. no. He, he, as soon as he got to him, he took him out and kept going. There was, hold on. <laughs> we got this video on a, on a group text. I didn't watch it. I'm going to watch it. Um, oh, yeah. it's uh, it's. I mean, there's no defending it, really. I mean, okay. It's whatever. You know, it's, if you have a problem with takeouts, you're going to have a problem with that. If you don't, you, you're not. Um, but, yeah, it's. So why did Dean pull in? The main event result was on the start, for sure. That was the whole problem. Why did Dean pull in the mechanics area? Because of this? Uh, Yeah, I think his bike was jacked up. I think his thumb is jacked up. I think he, yeah, got the worst of it. Oh, boy, I just saw that. Yeah, children shouldn't really see that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm wondering, what was Dean's reaction when he pulls in the mechanics area, which is rare. Yeah. You're probably going to pull in the mechanics area once every two to three years on average. And he pulls in. And then by coincidence, there's this fire drill going on. And I'm sure his mechanic was probably helping on the Anderson situation, right? Yeah, yeah, probably. So how often do you pull in the mechanics area and find that your mechanic's already busy yeah. with a fire drill? And this all happened. There's only one lap of the race has taken place. Like, how much shit can go down? Well, I, I, I was watching this, and I'm, I was thinking at the time, someone was probably telling him, like, go deal with whatever you're dealing with. We have really big fish to fry right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever is wrong with your bike, just sort yeah. it out on your own. Yeah, like, yeah. Here's a T-handle, figure it out. Right. Yeah, go, go. <laughs> um, it looked like JT, uh, from the, we never saw him on TV or anything, but it looked like uh, Barsha and Brayton were just fifth and sixth, kind of gapping each other, kind of riding by themselves each each all race, mo- all motor long. Or made they were. Yeah, they were, uh, but, man, Brayton was right there the whole time. You could tell Barsha was doing everything he could do to not let Brayton get close enough to make a move. So it was this weird, really uneventful battle because they never got close to each other. But you could tell how hard they were trying to get close to each other, right? <laughs> like yeah. Barsha was, like, pushing everything he had to keep Brayton from getting any sort of angle to make a pass, and Brayton was doing everything he could to get there. 
but on paper it would look like nothing was really happening. But yeah, they were definitely going for it. Um, Bloss had a good qualifying time. Looked like he rode pretty well. Uh, Bloss was good all day, man. Yeah. He was really fast. Um, I watched him pretty closely. Uh, yeah, he was good in practice, good in the race. Um, you know, he didn't get a great start in the main, but I thought it was a really just a great day for him. Uh, he definitely established him as one of the guys that can be on the pace. So for a guy that's, you know, he's in a contract here, I don't know what his situation is, which, you know, some people may not believe me being so close to that team, but I really have no idea. Um, I think he needs rides like that. You know, yeah. I, I think it, it bodes well for him going into the outdoor series. There, he needs to establish himself in this 450 class. There's about 25 dudes that are up for contracts so, next year. So, yeah, but yep. you know the difference for him is he doesn't really have anything on paper where he can go, you know, show teams right now. So no, 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 I'm saying I'm saying he like has that. to. No, I'm saying he has yeah. to ride well because there will be options for yeah. Forrest Butler. Yeah, but, yep. you know. Yep. Um, speaking of which, uh, Baggett renews for three years. Weege, were you surprised at that? Uh, it's becoming less surprising because it's becoming more common these extra extra long deals. Yeah, three years. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, and Anderson added three on top of this year, so essentially four, you know, this year and three beyond. Um, we're seeing a lot of that. Long-term, I think, for Tomac, long-term, long-term for Marvin. Um, now I'm trying to figure out why this is. All I, all I can figure is outside sponsorship is becoming so much more critical now that we don't have bike sales any longer that you've got to tell these sponsors that you've got a solid guy locked up yeah. for a long time to negotiate. I mean, if you're forced. You're looking at your Rocky Mountain deal and going, that's how long I have. So, you know, I would guess, right, JT? Like, I have three years for a Rocky Mountain thing, and so I'm signing a rider for three years. Uh, Yeah, there was a lot to it. Um, It was a big commitment. You know, Blake's a really in-demand guy right now. So, from what I know, everything had to be reexamined. There had to be, you know, new commitments made from all the key sponsors to get this deal in place. So I don't think it was. We that means they called Fly. They called Fly and said, "Hey, well, let's renew our deal." Or how long are we good for? That's what that means. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think there was a lot of that. I think everybody that was a major contributor to this team had to be brought in on this and say, "Hey, you know, this we need to do this, and this is what he has on the table. So to keep him, this is what's going to take." And do we are we all right. as a Texas making this decision? You know, so um, um, I, I was really happy to see it for sure. He's Blake's, you know, one of the. In my opinion, when he's 100% healthy, he's one of the top five guys, especially outdoors, in the sport right now. So to keep him and lock him up for three years, I think, was a big coup for Forrest. Do you think he rides all of outdoors? Blake? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he's fine. Oh, I, I, thought, I thought his hand was, you know. Right now. Right. It was, for sure. But uh, he, from where he was uh, leaving Atlanta going into Daytona to now, yeah. I, I don't even hear him complaining about it now. So... I don't know if it's 100, 100% where it's like he doesn't even think about it, but I don't think it's something where it's going to hinder him outdoors. Yeah. Uh, Chad Reed got a good start, went down first lap after lap one, I guess, on lap two. A bummer for him. He's right up there. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that'd be good. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah he, need, he, needed that, he needed that start and finish, I think, and he robbed himself of it. You know, like people make mistakes, but he definitely had an opportunity there. Uh, what else? Uh, Josh Hill's LCQ ride where he tried to wait to get the last lap flag. That was never seen that before, really. <laughs> a rider in the lead. 
Uh, it was interesting. He didn't quite pull it off, though. He, he had to ride two more laps. Um, what happened to Mookie? What happened to Mookie? He crashed, right? I don't know. He crashed, uh, he crashed in between the two sets of whoops. Oh, okay. Out. So whoops, then a berm. Then, okay. then there was like a rut that they were accelerating through. He yeah. crashed in that turn. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else? Oh, Alex Ray? He blew a tranny? First lap. Yeah, blew a tranny. Just going to leave that right there. Okay. I just saw him way back on the first lap, but I yep. didn't know that. Yep. yep. Is that a social thing, blew a tranny, or is just, that a... I'm going to leave that right there. That's it. Just put that right there. Um, Sounds good. Uh, what else? We eat anything else catch your eye from 450s? Uh, yeah, I want to talk about the Wilson and the Pitts thing, yeah. uh, which we now know. Yeah. Um, yeah, Baggett's definitely running outdoors. Just look at the last two weeks. He's definitely getting better. All right. Sorry, bro. Yeah, yeah. All Fourth right. and a third. So the outdoor the, the outdoor guy now doing, you know, trying to sell tickets right now. Just trying to do some damage control. Oh, yes. Yeah, the sure. Lucas Oil Promoter <laughs> right. Championship. Catch the fever on NBC. <laughs> right. SN right. and Mav TV. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, I think for Blake, too, the, the big thing for Blake is he's able to practice again. I mean, he, he didn't practice for a really long time after that Atlanta injury. And you could see it. I mean, you could see his riding. Like, he wasn't terrible, but the razor's edge of being his best, he didn't have it. And I think not that he's winning races or anything right now, but he's certainly yeah. back to where he would like to be. Um, good job for Freeze. Ninth place. Good job. God, that guy's a good starter. It's unbelievable, <laughs> man. I, I, I was watching him for some reason. I don't even know why, but he just happened to catch my attention on the start of the main event. You mean, actually, you, made, you, you trained your sniper rifle on him early in the main No, yeah. no. I, the scope was on him. Ever, I would have, I would have uh, you know, laid down in front of, uh, you know, any gear being delivered to him if I had that big of a problem. So I'm, I'm obviously okay with it, but... Just watching him out of the gate, he's so good. Like, he does everything right. His reaction time is incredible. I mean, for a guy that you, most people don't really pay attention to, he's incredible, like, at that, that aspect of this game. Do you think he's distracting people on either side of him with his moves before the, the, the board goes up? Like, they're, like, wondering. That's 100% fact, yes. Yeah, like, they're wondering if this guy's going to freak out and or he's having an uh, epileptic yeah. seizure. They're definitely doing that because I was that person. Right. But that doesn't mean he's not great at starts. He's okay. just really good. Like he he could be like NHRA or you know like one of those guys. The people that have incredibly fast reaction time. Yeah, he he has that gift for um, sure. All right, uh, you guys, uh, Weed, you watched the broadcast yesterday. Yeah. Um. So they really, and I know this is going to come up on the Pulp Show, and it's come up before. Um. The guys doing the TV show, they they like that kind of pass that Marv put on Eli. Like, they like that. It's entertainment. It's controversy. It attracts viewers. Much like Pike beating down Freeze, you know, controversy, attracting viewers. They really went on a lot about it, and I'm 100% fine with that. I have no issues. I know what they're like, but it's going to come up again with, you know, Feld promoting this type of riding is going to cause more issues with dangerous riding. And it, it, it is a slippery slope. But I get it, and so I don't really have a great comeback other than, yeah, what do you want them to do? They're, they don't make the rules or anything else, then they're going to promote that kind of stuff. But I, I'm getting ready to hear that again because it was a lot of that broadcast was that, about that move. Yeah, as was um, 19 billion other things in every other form of moto media um, in the six days between races. 
I do get mad when I hear riders say, like, it doesn't make any sense. They fine us for this stuff, but then they use it on commercials. Well, that's how sports works. It's two separate entities here. Yeah. Feld is not the one putting out the fines. Feld is not making the rules. That's run by the AMAFIM alphabet soup. So, like, if two NFL players take their helmets off and start scrapping, which we've seen happen, they get fined or they maybe get suspended. They get in trouble. But is ESPN going to show the crap out of those highlights the next time those guys are in a game together? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So no one says, well, I don't understand. They're finding us for it, but then they're using it as promotion. That's just how it works. Like, they're just covering it, saying this was exciting. Yep. We don't really care if it was legal or not. That's up to the rule guys. Yeah. It's it's two separate groups and it should be. That's, that's the way it's Yeah, yeah no, way. I don't have a problem yeah. with it. I just I'm getting ready to hear this. I will hear yeah, this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I've heard it from Barsha over and over. He's like, I don't understand why I can get fined and then they use it to promote. And I'm just thinking like, well, it's just that's that's exactly how it works. Yeah. If if there's a hard foul in a Wait, is there hockey playoffs right now? Yeah. Yeah, there is. Thanks. All right. Yeah. I don't know. Can you – or is hockey pretty much anything goes? Can you actually check someone so hard that anyone cares, or is it all good? No, you can get penalties, yeah. Fighting's cool, though, right? Fighting's cool. Okay, fighting's cool. So I can't even – As long, do as, long as you don't hit that. the ice. As long as you don't go down on the ice. Is, is that the rule? No, it's not a rule, yeah. but fight's over when you knock a guy down. Okay. Yeah. Let me use a, a real sport that actually doesn't encourage fighting and say that fighting's cool. So if there's some dirty play in the NBA playoffs – they're going to show the dirty play three bazillion times, and the player's also going to get in trouble for it. That's how it works. Yeah, no, no. Okay. I don't even know what the confusion is. Yep. Okay. I was surprised. I was surprised. You know, Emig was put in front of the firing squad. He had to may have an opinion on it. And... <laughs> Fro, look. We know, Fro. We need your opinion on this. Nope. No, you, Fro, you're going to get fired if we don't if you don't weigh in on this. Well, dude, it's tough because any of these rough riding things, it's ridiculous how polarized it is. It's ridiculous. I cannot understand how not you never hear a single person say, ah, "I can see it both ways." Never. So, if you're Jeff and you're the one analyst for Supercross on TV, you're the only guy. Whatever opinion you have, half the people are going to think you're a complete moron. There's nothing you can do. You have to yeah. have an opinion, yeah. and half the people are going to think you're a moron. So I think he, you know, he tried to play the middle as much as he could, but he, yeah. I think he kind of said, yeah, yeah, you know, we're racing for wins, and Marvin, that was aggressive. He didn't basically say Marvin was absolutely out of line. He did not go that far. Oh, no. 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 Um, so someone's going to hate him for that now. But whatever, man. I, I, uh, I was watching a broadcast. I put out a tweet yesterday. You know, they they dove into this. They posted RV and McGrath's tweet on the screen about what they thought, and RV thought it was fine, and Jeremy said it was bullshit, you know, the move. Yeah. And, and that's fine, too. Both of them are definitely entitled to their opinion. And um, and then they started reading fans' tweets, like, longer than I thought they ever should have. So I put a tweet out saying, no one cares about what fans think of this. Like, let me hear, you know. It, it, it's ridiculous to have it. And actually, Bondo, who is the, the director, uh, uh, follows me on Twitter, really good guy, really smart guy, responded to me that he was surprised I would say that, you know, because Twitter is where everything's at and fans want to be feeling in, engaged and maybe they'll feel a little bit more connected to the sport. So, you you know, you have to put them on the screen. Interesting. Bondo is, you know, a smart guy and I like him a lot. I disagree on this, but I wanted to get your guys' opinion. Uh, what do you think, Weege? What, you know, how far do you go with reading fans' uh, opinions on, on incidents in, in the sport? I don't mind the, putting the fans' opinions out there at all. 
I, maybe if you could have found, I would have liked to have explained just the the flame that this was. This was just fire. Like I could not believe the comment section on our website. People were just going at each other for days. Like even by Wednesday, four days later, people were going at it. And it didn't really matter to me the opinion, like what they actually said, but right. more of, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. If, if you don't follow Supercross inside and out all the time, we want to let you fans know that the fans that do, this was a huge deal. This was a massive deal. So I think that's what they were trying to do. I don't feel like the tweets that they picked – we're really illustrating that. It no, was more like, here's I, what one person thinks, here's what another I person thinks. I don't care what yeah. Muffin Man 69 thinks of the takeout, who, who owns nothing but a garage full of KTMs. Like, <laughs> I, I don't care. I want to, let's get RC, Daniel Blair, Fro talking about it. RC wasn't there, but so let's get Daniel Blair and, and Fro back and forth. I mean, Daniel raced arena cross, you know. Fro was known as a dirty rider. Sorry, Fro. <laughs> sorry, not sorry, but you really were. Um, so let's, you know, what do you think, JT? Yeah, it's it's tough. Uh, don't waffle. I don't don't ever, waffle on this. No, Do you like I, it I or not? I don't know that you're going to I think the biggest thing, I don't think you're ever going to get real, honest, objective opinions in a public forum like that. I just don't think you're going to get that. Um, what do you I mean? Know my own personal... Like that with the analysts or I the Twitter or the Twitter people? I'm not which who. No, with the analysts. I don't think you're ever going to get Fro to tell you exactly what he really feels or really believes. Well, on then Fro needs national television. Then Fro needs to go because Charles Barkley gives us what he really thinks. How do you know that? How can you prove that? I can't. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like you don't know that. I guarantee you, his real opinion is probably. Much, I can't guarantee okay. it, but I would. I would bet you. <laughs> yeah. How do you know? His real opinion is much stronger. Um, I stronger than what he's giving on TV. Well, whatever the case is, I just want some intelligent conversation back and forth from people who have done it. I don't care about Muffin Man 69 and his feelings on that pass. Are you talking That's about a- Galdo mechanic? <laughs> no, I'm not. No. Um, okay. I'm just saying. I, that's okay, though. Bond, look, Bondo knows a hell of a lot more about TV production than I do, but I, I just thought it was, in, it was a nice talking point for the con- for the podcast. You know, I, 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 would, I would love more transparency. I think there is there's a pretty easy connection to make between why Tony Romo was so beloved this football season and how much transparency and honesty and information, real information he was, he was giving the viewer, you know, there's, I think you have a valid point for sure. It's why people love this podcast to be, to be to toot our own horn here. We, but all you, you two hear it all the time, right? About this, this review pod. Yeah, we, we try to keep uh, it I think, real. I hear it about you. <laughs> I hear it about you more than I do about anything else. I hear that you, and, and you know more than anybody else, it gets you in trouble a lot. People are mad at you a lot. But I also know that that's why people are so willing to listen and so endearing to this, you know, the, yeah, the but, show or this show no, or whatever. No, no, no. I'm just, it's, it's people, people like honest and, and takes yeah. and, and – and a little behind the scenes, and that's why they like this podcast, you know. And, and that's yep, that's the point. So, that's the point I'm making. Yep. Right. So, you know, Tony Romo, uh, Charles Barkley. I mean, that TNT show. I don't really like NBA, but I'll watch that TNT show. You know. But my whole point is, is I don't care about Muffin Man sixty nine. That's my whole point. That's my I whole feel point. bad for Muffin Man <laughs> at this point. He, he didn't do anything. I just want Daniel Blair and Fro going back and forth, or Ricky about incidents and and what they thought and i know fro gave it to us a little bit but i want more 
You know, guys who have been there and done that and have sawed off their front wheel of riders from time to time and had it happen to them. So, that's my only thing. But Bondo, like I said, Bondo's a good dude. So, we'll have to agree to disagree. I did like I did like when uh you know and, and I don't think I I honestly I really like Ricky but I don't think he's you know the greatest analyst this sport has ever seen but I did appreciate his honesty when he said that he was surprised at the Alden segment when uh those guys he allowed those guys to ride together cuz he basically said in my day that would never have happened. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Like, yep. More. Surprised he said that. I'm surprised he said that and in, in a good way. You're right. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I, I like it. Uh, Weege, anything else to add? Um, no, okay. I'm good. All right. This is a long conversation. <laughs> oh, Jesus, dude. All right. Let's go to the uh, – com- must be in a contract year. Weege is in a contract year. Yeah. Let's go to let's go to a commercial break here. Listen to this, code, listen to this Race Tech uh, commercial. Use the code PulpMX18 to save. Fly Racing Racer X podcast. We'll be right back after this. Race tech suspension and engines, people. Pulpamex 18 is the code to save. Breaking through the limitations of OEM designs, Race tech specializing in high performance suspension, parts, service, and setups, modifying stock suspension components to perform at the highest level. Discover why more top privateers trust Race tech. Guys like the HEP Suzuki team and many more in the pits use Race tech for their suspension and engines mods. Pulpamex 18, you can save using the code. Please check them out, racetech.com. Do it. Maxxis Tires. From your bike to your truck and almost everything with wheels in between, Maxxis Tires will have you hooking up, pulling the whole shot, and beating your competition. One of the world's most trusted tire brands, Maxxis delivers high-quality tire products that perform no matter what the terrain or conditions. If you don't believe me, just ask the king, Jeremy McGrath. And we're back. Fly Racing, RacerX Podcast, flyracing.com. Alpine Stars protects as also to Maxis.com. Please uh, check out those guys, and thanks to uh, you people for listening. Thanks to those sponsors for making it happen. Uh, all right, 250 class. Well, I mean, seriously, like, let's stop it. Let's stop shitting on Shane because McElrath passed AC, he passed Savachi, he passed Plessinger, and he basically took off, found an early way through the whoops, and uh, rode amazing. And great job, Shane McElrath, Wygant. Yeah, um, it flashes me back to early in the season, hitting up our buddy from uh, Red Bull, Jeremy Malott, and I'm like, oh, we know you love Cooper Webb from way back in the day, bro. We know you love Cooper Webb in the amateur days. When Cooper Webb was a Red Bull guy, I'm like, are you going to go after him? Are you going to go? Is, you want KTM to go after him? And this was like, I don't even know, mm-hmm. like round four. And he's like, well, it's a little early for that. We're not really negotiating with anybody for next year yet. But he goes, you know what's funny? Everybody's figuring out, like, who's KTM going to hire? What's KTM going to do? You never hear anyone say, well, they do have McElrath. Never. No, you don't. You don't. You never hear anyone say, I wonder how good McElrath will be right. if he's on a KTM 450 in the next year or two. You hear about Plessinger. You heard about Osborne. You heard about AC. You heard about tons of dudes. You heard about Davalos? I'm not sure. But it's weird. Like, he continues to be as good as those guys and just doesn't really get – that attention. Yeah. No, he wrote a great race. JT looked like he discovered the the line the line outside of the groove. Whoops! Early, early on. 
Yeah, that line was getting used quite a bit because it was one of those lines where only a few guys were had the ability to use it because the whoops are really steep and really sharp. And I walked the track two times, once uh, before practice and once during the middle of practice. And if you were of the mindset, like, hey, I'm good at whoops and I'm going to blitz these things, uh, that was a viable line. But for most people, it was just a little bit too aggressive. Um, so if you could make it work like Shane did, kudos. But most people kind of shied away from it, and he just nailed it that mm-hmm. lap. Uh, and fortunately for him, Adam made a small mistake, and Joey made a huge mistake. Yeah. Uh, you know, it gave him the lead right away. But really more than anything, Shane just put in really consistent laps. He, he was strong and fast and didn't make big mistakes. And, you know, AP kind of blew it there, and uh, yeah. Joey the same. Joey is going to really weege look back at, at... – a lot of races that he, he – he, I don't know if he gave away, but just mistakes, man. Yeah, I know, but, man, I almost want to just say, like, is that a replay of last year? Last year was worse. Yeah. Last year was worse. I'm actually – I'm surprised in two ways. Last year I'm surprised he had all these weirdo mistakes. This year I just thought he'd be a little sharper. I just thought he'd be a little better. Like, unless he wins Vegas, he's going to end the year with one win. Like, I would have never thought that Zavacho would only win one race. Mm-hmm. Wow, um, AC's going to get AC has none. Yeah, yeah. Well, same thing. So uh, I just expected Savachi to be a little bit better, and since he is always blaming himself for everything, he probably feels the same way too. Um, <laughs> yeah, just surprised. And yeah. yeah, he gets the whole shot on this one. There's no way he's pumped on ending up in third. Yeah, that those whoops were tough on those guys, and it really cost him big time. And and Plessinger too. I mean, this is the points leader. You know, he was looking good. He uh, maybe not yep. for a win, but amazingly enough, he didn't even finish on the podium. That's pretty amazing. You do have to remember again how stacked this class is. Like this is a pretty gnarly group. Um, but I think if you tell any of them you have the whole shot, you have the lead, they'll all say I should win. Yes. Uh, so that's why maybe it's a little different. I feel on Savachi's end. But yeah, I mean, it's not like Plessinger rolled these guys every single time. He just had more good races than they did. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I think I think the points. I think the points got to Plessinger. Uh, Plessinger. Plessinger. I don't know how to pronounce it anymore, but <laughs> I think uh, I think the points got to him. Just the whole championship thought because the track was pretty much terrible by this point, and he made some some big mistakes. And I just think it got in his head where he's like, okay, even if I get fourth here, and even if since Rio can find a way to win, I'm still in a really good spot going into Vegas. And if I screw up here and I crash like I did last year and I DNF, I'm in a really bad spot. Like my whole championship's pretty much gone if I do that. And I just think that played too big of a role. And I don't blame them. You know, that if, if the conditions were perfect and you could really be aggressive without a whole lot of worry, I think maybe he rides differently. But I, I just think that such a heavy burden these guys – carry with a points lead in these really sketchy rounds and i just see i think you could see it in his riding sexton was like lurking like right there you could see the front end of his bike right behind the group the little lead group it looked like he was actually gonna make a move here here or there jt yeah sexton's coming on uh, he's gonna be one of my preseason favorites to be in title contention next year um you know, he was just a tick off, and I really thought he was going to be on the podium this weekend. He, he tends to ride well or better when the track is worse. Um, and he was right there. He just, you know, 
I, I think the West is pretty stacked. You've got you've got really four title contenders in the West that could all like if you're going into the season, you've got yep, I could see Shane winning, I could see Joey, Adam, Plessinger, I could see all of, them, all of them winning it. So that's a really tough scenario for Sexton as a, really a Supercross rookie coming into. But man, he's been really impressive. Um, you know, at fifth place doesn't really you know impress anyone on paper. But when you watch him ride, I think there's a lot to it. I think you're going to see a lot of race wins from him in the next couple of years. Uh, we, you know who had the fastest lap of the main event? Take a guess. Uh, well, I cheated. I used your Twitter. I know who got second fastest lap. Who got second that's, fastest lap? That's where you're really going at, right? That's where I'm going. That's where I'm going with this. Oh, yeah. Second fastest Filthy. lap of the main event. Filthy. Filthy Phil. What? Hard pack specialist. <laughs> Filthy Phil. What do you got to say to that, JT? Second fastest lap. That's awesome. I, I'm pumped for Phil. I know he's in a spot where he's trying to sort out his summer right now. And uh, I, I honestly pointed out to Parabinos, we were watching the main event together, and Phil was lurking back there. He was, a, he was about a, a rhythm section behind the lead pack. And I said, man, Phil is Phil's impressive. Like you, you wouldn't notice him because you're watching these four guys go nuts at the front. But he's hanging in there. Like, he's, he's riding really, really well. So uh, it was one of those rides where maybe most people didn't see it, but it should have been noticed because it was definitely noteworthy. What's Phil doing outdoors, JT? Mm, I hope he's riding Bogle's bike, and I hope he rides really well early, which Hangtown and Glen Helen are both really good tracks for him. So I'm hoping he comes out swinging and, and puts in rides that, you know, obviously – Weave it in people's minds that he should be on, you know, a, a factory level bike. Any idea, Weege? This is your team. JGR is your team. Any idea what was up with Justin Hill this weekend? Because it didn't seem. Oh like yeah, was... supposedly he he cased a jump. I think it was in the. I'm not sure if it was in the heat or in the last qualifying session, and hurt his ankle. Yeah, because those first few laps, I'm like, man, it is on. Yeah. Because you had everyone who's good in this West group all got good starts, and he was in there also. And I'm like, man, if anyone could run through all these guys, that would be a big statement. And it ended up being McElrath that did it. But Hill was right there also, and then all of a sudden he was just gone. Yeah. Uh, so I guess he hurt his ankle. This is one of the weirdest title defenses of all time. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. One awesome race. Well, we, we kind of expected it, right? We, we kind of expected that. Well, some of us. Well, somebody did. Some of, one of us on this call was not stoked with the signing at all. And one of us on this call also, <laughs> no names mentioned. and one of us on this call also was berated and made fun of for saying Eli Tomac was not going to win this title; that it was over for him. Just, I'm also putting that out there, okay? And, and I've been proven that person, not me. That that person has been proven right both times. I think you're going to get a lot of this with Hill. When he's on, he's on. When he's off, he's off. You know, because kid's got talent for sure. It's a matter of everything aligning. I'll be honest. I'll be honest, this whole 250 West campaign after Tampa is completely irrelevant. He earned his money in Tampa in that heat race, and the rest of it doesn't even matter because he's going to be on a 450 next year, and he's going to be able to point back to that video and say, yep, you see what's coming, and he's going to be fine. JT, in our Pulpamex Fantasy League, you picked – I know we, you love this stuff, so – but. JT, you picked Dakota Alex um, in our Pulp Max Fantasy League, and I, I, I would have put Mitchell Harrison and Chiz 
maybe even Mel Ross ahead of him. Uh, why did you pick him? Did you have an inside track? Because he did well. He rode seventh uh, and looked like he belonged there looking at lap times and, and lap charts. Did you have an inside information on why Dakota Alex would have a good day? Good day. Uh, I did. I, I talked to him. You know, I'm, I'm obviously affiliated with that team. I rode for that team for six years. So I did talk to him. I didn't think he would get seventh, being fair. And, you know, I would tell him to his face I didn't think he was going to get seventh. But I did think he was going to ride well. He, he seemed confident. Um, you know, he was in a good mood. His dad was in a good mood. His dad said he'd ridden. He rode in practice like he kind of rides at home. Okay. Uh, so, so, yeah, I would be lying if I said I thought he was going to get seventh. But I did think he would get top ten, which would be a good fantasy score. There you go, Weege. Inside information like that. That should be illegal. I mean, that's insider trading. There are laws against this. True. But then well, we also isn't, this isn't the SEC. We also we also picked Weimer. All of us picked Weimer. <laughs> that is correct. Yes. Um, we used our we used our insider knowledge and it burnt us <laughs> right like a hot piece of toast. Uh, well, why did Weimer tell you he was feeling awesome after not racing in two months? We just you know we knew that he was riding and he was riding well and feeling well and you know and back. Well, how did you know that? No, though? Paul told us. Yeah, Paul told us. Yeah, Paul told us. Oh, okay. So you did have insider knowledge. It wasn't just we like Weimer. Yeah. It was mm, maybe um, it was a swerve. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. I like the number twelve. That seems like a good pick. Uh, it was, yeah, he's going to be good. <laughs> and by the way, so JT, he didn't look good all day talking about Weimer like that. He didn't even he show up for the LCQ. He looked terrible. Yeah, I hope he's all and right. I was like, yeah. even like I was, I was looking at Paul with one eye open. Yeah, which I know guys used to do that with a certain rider. But I, oh, that was that was Wygant. Like, that's Wygant did that with one eye. That was, <laughs> it was Wygant's famous line that got, okay, got, got got all of us in trouble. Sure. Did you or did you not say that line, Wygant? I think it was the same guy that predicted that Hill would suck and uh, no, 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 not no, win this title. No, the one eye open was your line. <laughs> Bullshit. For reals? It was me? No, for reals. It was. It was it was a good it was I mean I give you credit it was a good line yeah but it was not mine I thought it was yours to this day I just oh. I thought it was yours I really did wow I thought you were making jokes no no I thought you said that <laughs> I, and I thought I agreed with that but the ultimate line yeah, was said by you I know but then his mom listened to the podcast oh um not good uh, Costello rode well JT did you notice that late in the race moving up Martin Costello. Uh, I didn't notice it, but I did notice his endo in practice, which was one of the dirtiest crashes I've seen this season. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, he last few laps, he really got some guys, so good job for him. Uh, Wharton, we finally saw Blake on like a non-shootout, non-disaster track. And what would you think, JT? Uh, it was one of the most fatigued riders I've ever seen in my life the last few laps. Oh, wow. I feel, and I picked him. I mean, I'm happy with. I'm okay with his result. No problem. But it was one of the most fatigued riders I've ever seen. I mean, what does Politelli rank on that? Uh, I would say behind Wharton. Wharton was he was hitting every single whoop like he wouldn't even double them. <laughs> <laughs> like he rolled every whoop. Stop it. Top ten. He was in the top ten. And he was he rolled every single loop, uh, and he still finished well. Yeah, eleven to yeah. come off his one eye open like Weege. Yeah, uh, but he was really tired. He All did right. crash really hard in the first uh, and early in the main event, so maybe he was feeling the effects of that. Maybe okay. it's not there or something. Sure. Yeah. Um, but man, he, from the pace he was on, because he went up and passed Chiz, and he got into eighth place. Like I was like, oh man, he's on it. Yeah. 
then all of a sudden, you know, like the the bottom completely fell out of this program, and he was thirty seconds behind Chiz, maybe after that. Okay. All right. Um, what else? Anything else? Two fifty class. We have a comment from anybody on anything else I missed. JT, not two fifties. I'm good. You were there. I still can't believe Cincerello hasn't won one of these yet. I cannot believe it. Yeah. Now he did win Vegas last year, correct? Right? He did. Right. I'm saying this yeah. year. Yep. This so year. maybe he's been yep. this year. Yep. No, no, I'm saying maybe right. this is his best chance. Yeah, maybe weekend. maybe he does yeah. it again. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, I'm just really surprised as good as he's been, he hasn't found a way to win one yet. Yeah. Yeah, you you hear at the beginning of the season that Pro Circuit is sending Savachi and AC into the West and they end up with one win. Yeah. Yeah, that's a You'd be like, oh, they both got hurt, right? Nope, that's, that's, they raced all around. That's an excellent point. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's a, that's a great point, Weege. That's right. a great point. Yeah. They didn't get hurt. They were there every weekend. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. they both crashed at A1? Like, that's what happened? They crashed at A2, I mean? Or, nope, nope, nope. They, they raced. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, good point. Yeah, it just uh, didn't, just didn't work out. I mean, this, this is, uh, this West, I mean, this is, we're going to say three years from now, we'll be like, oh, it's so stacked. But, I mean, this really was historically stacked, I feel. Yeah. Well, I did a. Well, even would you would you would you feel safe even making even adding to that point and saying, "Yep, they're second, and third in points, and they've got one win." Like you would think, like, "Oh yeah, one of them, you know they crashed all yeah. year, or hurt, or bike break, or whatever." But yeah, yeah it's crazy. Um, yeah. And I did a thing for Racerhead where I added up races lost for injury, you know, and the uh, mm-hmm. the 250 West was barely affected compared to the other East and the and the 450. So. Um, Predators just scored in double overtime to beat the Jets, by the way. Um, so, yeah, it, it hasn't had a lot of injuries, the the West, either. No, true. Um, makes it more stacked. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's what makes Sexton's performance here, as JT was alluding to, even that mm-hmm. much more impressive. Yeah. Like, he's almost with those dudes, or, or he's on the level of those guys already. Yep. All right. Um, okay. Hey, 450s here, yeah. Anderson. Um I know. It's what the riders do. They just go about the normal program. That's what they always say. I'm just going to do the same thing. Try not to think about it. But seriously, can they just say, can't you just stay off the bike for for the week? Can't you just do that? I don't know. That's JT. He's the rider. I mean, there's nothing to gain. He he doesn't need to gain speed. He needs to gain 10th, I believe. Like, at this point, if I were him, I'd be so pissed and like, oh, crap. I had no pressure at all. And now... There's at least the possibility that something could that this could actually slip away, which was never really. Important. Yeah, you know, the toughest part of this whole deal. Yes, if if Supercross was the end of the year and that's all you cared about and whatever, yes, you could not ride this week and you could go ride press day Friday, which these guys will be doing in Vegas, and it wouldn't matter at all. Like literally zero percent. The problem is, and I, and I was actually thinking about this for Zach Osborne leaving Foxborough is that he's going to have to go into two weeks or at least, a you know, I guess two weeks for him of full outdoor riding and training and prep. And that's where I was worried, you know, selfishly with being a, being affiliated with a sponsor of his, like, man, you're going to have to go ride for two weeks of outdoors and testing. And <laughs> what did you crash or do something silly testing? Um, yeah. I think it's a little well, easy for Plessinger because he could be like, yeah, I'm just going to chill this week. I'm not doing anything stupid. I don't even care. Well, for example, uh, Barsha Press Day, Monster Cup, absolutely eats it. Langston, broken yep. wrist on Press Day at Vegas one yep. year. Um, yep. Martin Davalos, winning, going to win that title, chain breaks during the week. 
you know, season over. Things happen. I can tell you. I can tell you on a personal level if, and I don't know what these guys are forced to do and forced to not, but I promise you if I'm Jason Anderson or Aaron or Zach this week, and and I doubt that they do this, but me, nope. See you on Friday. I'm not riding. Like I'll be on my bicycle, the gym, but there's 0% chance I'm taking any risk on half a million, a million, a million and a half dollars, whatever the number is. No way. Yeah, that's what, uh, we, that's what we said. Yeah, we that's just, my point. Yeah, I would, no, no, and no. they never do this. I don't think they ever do do that. But I would. And well, look, yeah, yeah. I get I was it. Say, I get your point. I was just more yeah. worried about Zach last week. Like Zach week was riding. Zach was riding outdoors all week. That's more what I was a little bit worried about. Was just they're motoring down because they have this outdoor championship looming. Yeah, Anderson's situation I feel is a little different because this is just one week. So it's like I'm only losing three days of riding really. And also, like, look, obviously I'm the first guy that's not going to talk crap on the Nationals, but if I'm Anderson, I'm like, uh, look, I have the chance to win the Supercross title. I have led the points since the second race of the year. I've never won a 450 title. I'm just going to worry about outdoors later. No, that's, right now, that's I don't, common. That's common. If I'm, what's that? That's common. That's what these guys do. Eli didn't ride it last year. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. I mean, I'd yep. be like, okay, that might hurt me in in May, but uh, or the end of May or in right. June. But dude, look, this is really important right now. And if I screw myself for outdoors, but it allows me to get the Supercross title, it is so yeah. worth it. I mean, he's yep. on the pressure, and I'd be so nervous if I were him now. Everything was cool, but now you've just got a little taste of, oh crap, this really could go wrong. And, and remember, one of our hints about Dunge was that he had done no outdoor testing, zero, zilch. You know, he was focused yeah. on Supercross, and Eli, I guess, did a little bit on the break, but hadn't been riding at all outdoors. Um, and apparently now he has been. Now he's been outdoor motoring a lot with J-Mart. So, yeah, yeah I, I think we see that all the time, you know. And, yeah, but they're so. still riding. They're just focused yeah, on yeah. Supercross. Right. If I'm Anderson, and, and like you said, man, the chain breaks or anything. Dude, if you're the mechanic, I mean, I'd be so scared if you're out there on a Tuesday afternoon riding like, oh, my God. There's no way. No, I, I promise you. I go out there. I do my starts. I'm on the metal grate, practicing over and over and over. And even you could even impress, you know, improve yourself on your starts, which are going to be critical for keeping yourself out of trouble. Because if yeah. you whole shots the main event in Salt Lake, all this goes away, right? So you could even look at it that way. Um, I'm just going to be doing starts over and over. So you, you're on the motorcycle still. It's not like you're not getting a little bit of seat time and keeping your reflexes sharp. And then, yeah, I just do my normal workout. I stay safe, and I roll in there knowing that all I've got to do is I've got to put about, you know, I've got to put a heat race in, I've got to put a decent main event in, and this thing's done. Okay, before we wrap up the pod, let's go. Anderson has 14, AP has 13, and Zacho has 15, right? Going into Vegas? Do I have that right? I think I do. Yep. Um, yep. Who's most in danger? They're all looking good. I think all will win. I think you two jerkies think all three guys will win their titles this weekend. Uh, but who's the most in danger? Um, I would vote Plessinger because the East-West is going to make it way worse on e- either of those 250 guys mm-hmm. than it is on Anderson. Second, I think there's just a better chance that one of those West guys happens to win um, because right. you – you know, if something goes horribly wrong for Plessinger, you've got three guys actually still that are mathematically in it: Savachi, AC, and uh, McElrath. Where I can't barely remember that guy's name. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I believe only Smith has a shot at this now, right? On the yeah, East? yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, no, Jmart would, right? Jmart would. Have. Oh, Jmart. I mean, barely. I think we looked at barely, this. I'm yeah. trying to remember. It was an astronomically unbelievable, crazy thing. I yeah. think Osborne does win the tiebreaker on. J-Mart, if Osborne doesn't make the main, I think J-Mart still can't win it. It's unbelievably tight. But I'm just saying that, in Plessinger's case, if you, disaster strikes, you have to hope that all three dudes don't win the main. Where basically, if you're Osborne, you've got to hope only one guy doesn't. And if yeah. Jordan Smith finishes not so good, yeah. you're still okay. I, I, I would agree. Plessinger was my pick, too. And uh, JT? Yeah, I think I think uh, we just right on the money here. Uh Honestly, with the depth or the lack of depth, I should say in the two fifty or in the, excuse me in the four fifty class, it would take a multi lap situation for Anderson to not be able to pull this off, and that's with Marvin winning, which I don't expect him to do. I think Eli wins Vegas. Uh, so yeah, I'll take Anderson winning this pretty easily. Um, the East Coast the same way. Osborne has significant advantage over everyone plus he's only battling really one guy when you really look at it and jordan would have to go win and then zach would have to have this big meltdown uh in the west plessinger has a has a nice lead sure but even if he just has a bad race with all the east with the east guys getting in there of zach jordan j mart these guys jump in there plus three more guys and then add sexton in there there's a lot of guys that could get in there and make this interesting for the West Coast Championship. So, to me, uh, you know, on paper, they're all mm-hmm. possible, but I think the West Coast one is the most likely that we see drama. And Amzoil Arena Cross blows his one point up on Hayes. Holy cow, is Hayes. I, how much <laughs> do you think? Do you think blows might seriously like you know challenge him to a duel to the death? I don't know. Series is over. It's gonna be good. Yeah, it's gonna be good. So, I mean, mm-hmm. nothing nothing may top the year that we did the live broadcast that year oh. with Hayes <laughs> <Yes>. and, and, <laughs> and a water pump and everything else. But, uh, yeah. yeah, good time. I went to lunch with Hayes a month or so ago because he lives by me. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking about Arena Cross in, in general. And it's hilarious to hear the mentality of these guys. Like, when we saw what happened with Marvin and Eli and how dramatic and emotional that was. Mm-hmm. These dudes live for it. Yeah, like yeah. they are so pumped on that. It's awesome. It's exciting. It's great. That's what they. That's what they live for. It's amazing to hear the difference between ramming and t boning and brake checking and how they feel about it. <laughs> they just love it. I don't think everybody feels that way though. I think he does, which maybe wins. Well, and Bowers, ba- Bowers also feels that way. Yeah, maybe. yeah, it's true. I, I'm sure there's some guys that don't like it, but I'm sure it's a greater percentage. Of dudes that are like, oh yeah, man, that's why we're here. That's part of it. I can feel. I feel like Stank Dog has no issues with anything. <laughs> well, when Barsha when Barsha hit Bowers in the uh, the heat race, mm-hmm. I seriously was concerned for Alex Ray's life because if Bowers saw A Ray at any point the rest of the yeah. night, he was probably going to kill him. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you see in the heat race? By the way, Anderson. This is just another example of what could happen. He was trying to get, uh, I think it was Freeze, um, and he cut down, and he almost yeah. got nailed by Craig. Yeah. And then the rest, he quickly got around Freezy, but then when Tomac got to him, it was like his life flashed before his eyes right there. He almost, I mean, Craig's front wheel almost went into his leg or knee. When Tomac got to him, Anderson, for the first time ever, just moved over. 
Yeah, Anderson I mean, really that's so re- yeah. not Anderson style. Yeah, he really did give it to him. You're right. Yeah, just like here, go take it, take it. Yeah, and it's just another. So he's probably. I'm. So what I'm getting at is, he remembers that happening in the heat race. Like, damn, I was just, I was just racing, and I almost yeah. got my leg broken, right. and then the spokes break. Like, yeah. this is going to be a gnarly week to keep thinking about this stuff. It's amazing. It's amazing what a couple million dollars on the line and your, you know, your childhood dream will change your whole psyche for sure. Well, we just we know KTM will be there for him. <laughs> so, that's probably a good way to end this thing. We know KTM pull is pulling for him. Um, all right, thanks, uh, thanks everybody for listening. Flyracing.com, Racer X Podcast. This is the Salt Lake City Review, and uh, yeah, one week and it's, this thing's over. Can't wait. Thanks to Alpine Stars. Thanks to um, uh, Maxis, and uh, thanks to you people. Uh, Weeds, JT, anything else? I'm nope. good. That's all it. right, later. Yeah, see you in Vegas. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. I was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, like beating a dead horse, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. 
Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey, 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 hey